Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Mets fans, welcome back to Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World Series. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And Chris, we have the best timing in the world. Last week, we recorded this before a doubleheader in which the Mets got thoroughly embarrassed, losing 21-3, to and then, was it 6 nothing in the second game, I think? That sounds right. Something like that, after having lost 7 nothing the night before. However, since that day, since we released the last podcast, not recorded, but released the last podcast, the Mets are 5-1. and one. Over the last six games, they um, are playing some, you know, real, real low-hanging competition here. There is not a lot of hopeful uh, baseball to be played between teams like the Pirates and the Cardinals. So taking all of that into consideration, the Mets are only seven games back in the wild card, which, look, they're not they're not going for that, right? That is not their goal. But I think a good conversation to start with is are they are they tanking enough if if the goal of selling off players was to restock for next year a top 6 draft pick would certainly help that or restock for the future not just for next year but restock for the future a top 6 draft pick would certainly help that and so are the mets tanking hard enough and i guess is there any reason for them to still be looking at the wild card standings. Yeah, those are those are the two 
the two big things right now, right? Um, they're, they're, they're very much in between. Um, before things really went south, Greg Prince wrote a really good piece about sort of the in-between uh, state of the Mets, I think, <laughs> back in, in July over at Faith and Fl- Fear and Flushing. And this just feels like um, a different, uh, I don't know, a more intense sort of <laughs> version of that. Um, when you look at the lineups and, and who they're putting out there as their starting pitchers, I think they're certainly trying to tank. You're you're seeing maybe some more days off for guys who typically wouldn't take any. Um, they yeah yeah they they're rolling out spring training lineups uh, most days and somehow it's just kind of working right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't I. I don't know how they could try harder to tank, and it's very that was be my question. Yes, uh, you know, aside from doing things that would really piss off the players who who you want to stick around, um, you know, you're not going to bench Lindor and Alonso for a week just to lose games because you, you know you can only you, I think you can only get so negative before you start to maybe have a, a negative effect on next year and you know, the future beyond that. Not so, only that, but I mean, I, I think there could be a, a grievance brought against you for actions like that. Right. Right. Yeah. So looking at, and and this has been my resource for this. Uh, I'm just going to assume it's accurate. Tankathon.com. <laughs> Not something I've, I've typically done, but baseball has this uh, draft lottery that I'm not nearly as, invested in sort of all the machinations of the NFL and the NBA. Um, so maybe their draft lotteries work exactly the same way. I Maybe I should know that, but quite frankly, I just don't care. Same, uh, same. So, uh, I mean, I, I watch I watch football, but I kind of learn who the Giants rookies are like in week one. You know, there, there's plenty of time to catch up. Uh, but yeah, assuming this site is accurate and and i have no reason to think it's not um the the mets have a lot of work to do if they want to get into that top six uh, i know the nationals have something that i think that they're they're going to be bumped out of it no matter what based on a lot of the details of all these things um but yeah the i mean no as disappointing as the mets have been i think it's it's also easy for people to forget how bad the teams below them in the standings still are. I, I was just going to make that exact point. So there are four teams in baseball that haven't won 50 games yet. Yeah. And the Mets have only won 57, but the o, the A's have won 34 games. 34 games. Yeah. You know, the A's, the Royals, the White Sox, and the Rockies are easily the four worst teams in baseball. And the way that the draft lottery works, if I'm not mistaken, we've talked about this before on the show, is that there are, like, every team with a bottom 10 record is given more, I guess, depending how bad your record is, you're given more balls in the draft lottery machine or whatever it is. And so the worst records have the best chance of pulling a top six draft pick. The top six are protected no matter if you went over the luxury tax threshold or not. 
beyond that, you would you would lose ten places before your first pick. Um, so yes, there there is a there there is a lot to be said for tanking, but like you were saying, I mean, how do you tank harder? You know, look, I I am I am one of the internet's top five Joey Lucchese stands, so I am I am not at all surprised that he threw a great game last night, but he has not been great for the Mets this year. They're they're rolling out guys that are that should not be putting up great starts, and yet some of them are are working out right. Um, no one expected the DJ Stewart power show that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks. You know, look, they're 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 starting fucking Jonathan Aruiz or however you pronounce his name. I I messed that up, I think, but um, like they're they're not they are they are putting out joke lineups. And they are beating teams that are worse than them, I guess. Now, here's where it gets interesting. And this is a classic throwback to Amazing Avenue Audio we haven't done in a while. But I'm looking at the schedule. Okay. So, after the Cardinals, the Mets play the Braves in Atlanta. They're probably going to lose by 40 runs over that. Then they have the series at home against the Angels. The Angels are, I guess, a slightly better team record-wise. They are 60 and 63 at the time of recording. The Mets are 57 and 66. So they're a better team than that. But the Angels just find ways to lose. I don't know if you saw this last night, Chris. Did you see that Otani hit a grand slam yesterday and the Angels turned a triple play and they still lost to the Rays yesterday? I did not. I did not see all of those specifics. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that team, as much as we might feel cursed as Mets fans, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> one to get into that, but. It feels like the Angels are just yes, like, yes. Uh, I don't, I don't understand. Um, I understand that it takes more than two all-time great players to make a team good, but I really don't understand how they're in the in the spot they're in. As, right. And as I look at the standings, can we just enjoy a brief moment of Schadenfreude that the Yankees are not only also seven games out of the third wild card in their league, but they are also under five hundred. Yes. Um. Which, if Judge were out, I mean, he, the time he missed obviously would, had a huge effect on their season. But if Judge were still out, uh, that wouldn't surprise me so much. Right. But they, they, there was no, like, nothing's gone right. No. Just what a, what a year for New York baseball. Yeah. Um, so, but after the Angels, the Mets are going to play a series of teams that should destroy them. They're playing the Rangers, who are in a playoff position. They are playing the Mariners, who are in a playoff position. They have two against the Nationals. That'll be whatever. The Twins are in a playoff position. The Diamondbacks are in a playoff position. The Reds are in a playoff position. The Marlins are almost in a playoff position. The Phillies are in a playoff position. And then it's Marlins and Phillies again to the end of the season. So, you know, I think that even if it seems like right now the Mets are not tanking all that hard, and there's a there's a chance that they sniff at the wild card still. I think if you look at September specifically, there are only two games in September, which is against the Nationals, where they are playing a team that is not re- cannot reasonably expect to either make the playoffs or fall one position short of making the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. I will say, slight disclaimer for the Twins: they play in like a Triple A division, but um, that's fair. Yeah. I'm that it's it's been at least a little bit comforting uh, 
it's never comforting that the Braves are good, but seeing teams like the Yankees and Twins also get destroyed by them at various points this year, yes, is a nice reminder that uh, it, it's not just us, right? Um, exactly, yes. Um, and yeah, I don't know, but your overall point is a good one. It would be really nice. I mean, the Phillies are probably safe, but they're not so far up. Like in the American League, the Baltimore Tampa Bay, uh, you know, whoever doesn't win that division is going to make the playoffs. Yes. You know, there, there's a there's a real gap between those two teams uh, and the wild card teams in the AL. It would be a lot of fun if the Astros failed. And like, I'm not hating on Verlander or anything by saying that, but. Just for a change, it would yes. be fun if it was the Mariners and the Blue Jays instead I of love that. Yes, you know the Astros and one of those two teams. If it I was, did. if the playoffs had Baltimore, Tampa, and Toronto in it, the collective Yankee and Red Sox dickhead fans I know would lose their minds. <laughs> so that is reason enough to root for that. There you go. Yeah, there was there's a point in, in some of the time that we spent in Boston this summer um, where a, a family friend, like, we got along great and whatever, we just randomly decided to kind of, like, shit on the Mets. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, yeah, but unlike the Red Sox, they're not in last place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I don't actually, I don't have, a like, a strong dis... I don't even have a dislike of the Red Sox. Like, I love them in my park, and... You grew up in no man's land between the two uh, right. fan bases, whereas I, I grew up firmly in an anti-Boston area. But I, that right. doesn't really bother me. What bothers me, there's one guy, and he's never going to hear this, so I'm still not going to say his name just in case he does, which is that he is somebody who every year is like, oh, I can't believe how bad things are for the Red Sox. We're cursed. And I'm like, you fuckers have won so many World Series in the last 15 years. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I... A friend of mine who's a Mets fan um, has made that point that he, at least among Red Sox fans that he knows, mm-hmm. that there's still this like carrying the vibe of the curse, right? Yep. Despite having, I don't know, maybe the most successful franchise in this century yeah. so far. Yeah, probably. In terms of titles, right? Yeah. Has anybody won as many as them? I don't. I don't think so. I don't believe so. I'm looking this up, so you could talk. Yeah, well, it you know it's it would be a lot of fun uh, if if the playoffs were mixed up a little bit in that sense. But it would also be a lot of fun if the Mets could uh, spoil a Marlins season at the end. Yes, uh, you know the Marlins didn't come in with expectations this year. Um, they haven't been leading the division and then collapsing at the end and all that, but. Uh, I don't know. I'd still, I'd still like to send them packing in late September. Yes, just just because you know, I I can vividly remember the end of the 2007 season. Oh yeah, uh, the, um, the Red Sox have won four World Series this century. The San Francisco Giants have won three. Yankees. Have oh won right, two. yeah. Astros have won two. Wait, who were the Astros and who were two? Yankees. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since the last dynasty ended era. in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals have won two also. Forgot about that. Oh, yeah. The one stands out, obviously. Yes. <laughs> the other one, not so memorable. No. 
Although the Mets were in the playoffs in that year as well. No, I'm sorry. Mm. No, no, they weren't. Nope, nope. I read that wrong. Nope, not at all. 2011 was a dark season for the Mets. <laughs> Forget I said anything. Yeah, um, in in doing Mets morning news yesterday on Amazing Avenue, um, I went back and uh, you know just pulled the this date in Mets history, mm-hmm. and I think I, I I made a mistake and pulled the wrong date first, uh, and then and then corrected it, but. Um, that particular this date in Mets history had uh, Pat Mish. Now it was it was his birthday. That's you know he 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 was mentioned in there, but at first uh, Pat I see Pat M and I think Mahomes of course sure, but then uh, my brain realized well that photo is definitely not Pat Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> but then Pat Mish, it, like I remembered the name, but when I went to Baseball Reference to look him up. Off the top of your head, roughly, like what, what era of the Mets, like what decade did he play for the Mets in, in your memory? So I have this memory of him wearing the snow white uniforms, and I feel like that was the aughts. I'm going to say Pat Mish played for the Mets from 2009 to 2011. Oh, damn. That's... That might be exact. Really? Oh, I just that was a total guess. Yeah, yeah, it's exact. He got traded to wow. the Mets in two thousand nine wow. by the Giants, okay. uh, and and played through twenty eleven. That was his last year in the majors. Um, I'm gonna guess he made no more than like fifteen starts in the Mets, sixteen starts in the Mets with some bullpen appearances. Yeah, th- Jesus man, thirteen starts. <laughs> This is not. This is all guessing. This is no talent. I'm just putting it out there. Thirteen starts and uh, roughly, you know, thirty. Um, sorry, uh, roughly forty bullpen appearances. Wow. And he he was like league average for 2009 and 10 as a member of the Mets by ERA plus. Um, mm-hmm. And then he got rocked in like a handful of innings in 2011, and that was that. That's uh, that 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 tracks right. That's yeah. Oh, point. totally. But that to me, uh, despite you getting that, like almost scary, how on the nose that was. <laughs> that for whatever reason, Pat Mish could have been like a 2002 Met, right? Sure, sure. Like I was pretty confident he wasn't from the 90s. But uh, aside from like that, I I I was shocked when I saw when he played for them. Well, like I I don't know if this is the same for you. Like I could tell you very specific members of the 06 and 15 rosters because yeah. we were pouring over those so much. But like I could I know Marlon Bird was a Met. I remember Marlon Bird as a Met. Was it 09? Was it 13? I couldn't tell you that at this point. Like those are the things those guys that were Mets briefly or that were minor Mets, I have no idea when they played for the team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was 13. Okay. Uh for him. Yeah. Um, I just I just remember that it was one of those spring training sightings. Yeah, he where, he, he was the Tommy Fam of that year. Yeah, and he he looked it in spring training, but like he was just locked in, hitting for like tons of power, and you know for a thirty five year old to just look like he was, I don't know, like just that in the zone uh, in spring training. I, I get that. You know, it wasn't like a big deal or anything, but he, he at the time it was his single season high in home runs by quite a few. Uh, he hit 24. The Mets traded him during that season because 
as you said. Yeah, that's that's the Tommy Pham of the year. Yeah. Um, he was traded for, was it? <sighs> Dilson Herrera? Um, yes, Dilson Herrera and Vic Black. Look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I am on one. Oh, yeah. I, I gotta play Immaculate Grid as soon as we're done because I'm I am remembering some guys <laughs> today. Yeah. Uh, Big black man. Yeah, this is this is what we have the podcast about now, by the way, yes. everybody. Uh but Vic Vic Black was um like in my time and obviously the pandemic threw it off. We had that very brief trip down to spring training and then the pandemic hit hard and, and I just haven't made it back since and I don't know, for a variety of reasons. I don't know if or when that'll happen again but during my like seven or eight year stretch of going to every spring training for a few days and taking a bunch of photos and being out in the backfields and all that stuff um it, nobody's ever been rude i mean rafael montero gave like the death stare into the camera that one time I remember that, uh, yeah. still one of my favorite photos uh but very few guys have gone out of their way to just be polite and vic black was one of them dylan g was another um you know, Dom Smith was like super duper, like warm and friendly as, yeah. as like an eighteen year old. Um, and then, do you remember the time we were there together? Dom Smith, he was walking down the dugout and he gave like the aloha symbol with his hand. Yeah, and you didn't get the photo. He, he did it again as he could get the photo. So you know. <laughs> well, yeah, he yeah he did it, and I was like, oh no! And then he yeah he just repeated the yeah the, the, yeah. I I wish he were doing better. Um, Me too. Yeah. You know, I. You can't get attached to everybody to the point that you you know that you want them to all be Mets for their whole careers, but um, yeah, always just seemed like a pretty decent person. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And this year with the Nationals looks pretty much like what he looked like for the last two years with the Mets. Yeah, exactly. So. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So before we run out of time this morning, we got to talk about um, the fact that Ronnie Mauricio is still not in the major leagues. Um, this is a question we've asked a few times now, but it seems a little bit more uh, re- relevant today because Mark Vientos is on the injured list. And so it seems like there is... I mean, look, there was a place for him on the roster no matter what because this team is trying to lose. So play him. <laughs> Let him start for all I care. I'll start a pitcher for all I care. Like You're trying to see what this guy can do. And I'm joking with the pitching, obviously. But, you know, that doesn't matter where you play him because you're you're trying to evaluate whether he has major league stuff or not. Um, he needs to get at bats. He needs to play in the field. So is the fact that he's not called up, is that because they're afraid that he's that terrible? He's going to be sub Mark Vientos this year. He's going to be sub, um, you know, insert quad A player here. Or do they feel like he is starting to make progress and they don't want to mess with that progress? What's what's the vibe that you get from the Mets and why they're not bringing him up? <sighs> I, I wish I had had a little more time to get up to Syracuse and, and see him. This year, to have, I don't know, uh, just a little more insight into this. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's, I mean, we've talked about it recently, the the fact that they're not going to, like, hide anything if they are trying to protect him as a trade chip by not calling him up. Um, so, yeah, is it, do they, you know, do they think he legitimately just isn't ready and that it would be bad for him to do, or do they are they still like big time believers and they just they're holding out on service time because they you know they think he's going to break out next year in some kind of way. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, what What's I'm, hard to figure out here is if they think he's bad and he's not going to do anything. And they're balancing a really precarious line. They're walking a really precarious line, rather, which is, like, do you then, if you're trying to tank, does he help you tank? Right. And you call him, <laughs> or do you want to fleece some other team into trading for him this offseason? And so you're keeping him down to keep the inflated AAA numbers looking better and get rid of him that way. Right. And now, like, I know with him, people have pointed out that what he's hitting is basically league average, um, which is kind of wild uh, that, you know, the International League of AAA is not typically, you know, the Pacific Coast League is the one that's known as the hitter's haven. Um, right. But league average, uh, currently hitting. 286-337-44. That's much higher than the league average at at the major league level. Right. Or probably in double A right now. But, um, yeah. 
I mean, the power and speed combo is is there. Um, presumably, he's at 19 home runs now. Presumably, he'll hit a few more. Um, you know, his his walk rate's above his career norms in the minors. His, his strikeout rate is the best it's been since he was in, you know, rookie ball. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't quite get it. Like, I know a lot of people are down on him. But I don't understand how he hasn't earned a look. Like, what what part of his game isn't in line with what you're asking of him, right? I mean, maybe it's his defense, right? He played shortstop a lot. Obviously, they've they've been moving him around, and uh, he's had time at second base, time at third base. But you know what? What more do you want out of him to, <laughs> to give him a look? Does he have to hit like three fifty? You know, three fifty four hundred with a like six hundred slugging, um, right? You know, Alvarez and Vientos definitely had better AAA numbers than him uh, in their time there this year, and and Beatty has too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't know. I yeah. If, if they're waiting forever to find his perfect defensive position, then he might never get called up. Right. Yeah. Um, and I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that there is. If we're asking the question, are they holding him back to increase his trade value? Then every major league office in the country knows that also, right? Like they're not fooling anybody by keeping him down there. I guess the only thing you could say is that they are not. They are not necessarily like. They're not. <laughs> You know, it's better to be thought of a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, right? Like, they're telling people might still think he's going to be a bust, but they're not giving him the evidence to prove he's going to be a bust. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe that's the way it is. I don't know. It's strange. I don't really understand it. But it's a story we can talk about every week for the rest of the season. So thank you, Mets, because we need stuff to talk about or else we get into Vic Black and uh, Pat Mish territory every week. Um. Anyway, Chris, what is your music recommendation for this week? So last night I had the pleasure uh, and and I've been very fortunate to have seen George Clinton live. I'm going to say at least a dozen times. Um, I do track these things. I've fallen behind a little bit, but I I should catch up. But um, to be able to see somebody that legendary in music um, that often in, in, you know, later decades of their career, uh, is something I do not take for granted. And the man's 82. He's still up there doing it. And, uh, and he he looks just as spry as he did when he, I don't know, when he was 70, um, which is just wild. Uh, so in appreciation of him, looking back at our music pick history, aside from the week where we both picked Maggot Brain by Funkadelic, <laughs> uh, without knowing, but... You know, on its 50th anniversary. We don't discuss this beforehand, so this is always a surprise. (laughs) Uh, But aside from that, there has not been another George Clinton album pick. And I feel like overall, I lean a little more funkadelic in terms of just where my favorite stuff lies. 
but a huge uh, album, not just in my personal experience of getting into his music with both bands, um, but really in the history of music and, and certainly up there is, you know, maybe the greatest or if not um, in the top five for funk records, uh, Mothership Connection by Parliament. Um, it's just, it, it's one of those, like I remember getting it on CD and for me that was a huge a huge piece of how I got into a lot of music. Um, you know, my CD collection is probably not going to be on display anymore, but I'm not getting rid of it either. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it was always very important uh, to me to actually get something, you know, I had been through the Napster era and, and it's, you know, all the other apps that were, uh, available to download music of varying like qualities in terms of mp3 bit rate and everything so to get an actual cd and, and a proper listen at high quality on like my disc man or you know even just ripping it to the computer myself um and, and getting that level of like listening to what was intended uh that was always important and i i distinctly remember getting the cd um and you know, just playing the hell out of it. And, um, you know, at the show, I heard a couple of people in conversation at one point and, and one person had said to the person they were with, like, oh, I don't know any of his songs. They, like they were going in totally fresh and, and I didn't want to interject, but in my head, I'm like, well, you do, you just, you just don't know it. Um, you know, so you have, whether or not you've ever heard this record, um, you have, probably heard a couple songs off of it uh and if somehow you've avoided all the all of that all this time then you are in for a treat but um yeah this this was definitely um a big starting point for me with that half of george clinton's catalog um and you know the opening with p-funk wants to get funked up is just i don't know that's a perfect summary of the band yeah um just seven and a half seven and a half minutes of fun and there's a lot of fun in that band um i also somehow started but didn't finish george clinton's book and i need to correct that because i didn't even know uh, he had everything, a book, actually yeah everything everything i read in it was gold um but yeah his his autobiography so uh yeah but with that parliament mothership connection um and man what a what a cover too right yes. like it's so often like sci-fi imagery is is associated with or, or i'd say it's more rare that it's associated with like black artists but there is a ton of it in the history of of p-funk yes um, uh, i actually saw the mothership at the african-american history museum in Washington last year or two years ago. Oh, that's awesome. They have it there. It's incredible. The original one from the tour. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Um, well, that's a great pick, Chris, obviously. Um, so earlier this week, I was um, I was doing some sort of busy work I needed to do around the house. And so I put on a documentary we've been to watch for a little while now. It is the Alex Winter, a.k.a. Bill from Bill and Ted directed documentary called Zappa about the life of Frank Zappa. And um, 
it, it's it's a very good documentary. It's about two hours long, and it doesn't really talk about his music that much, which is an odd thing to say about a document documentary about a musician. But Zappa is such a character and has such a particular way of doing things that it's the only way to do a two hour documentary is to not like dig into all the different variations in music. He did he talk about sort of some general stuff. Some of the early music gets more of a discussion, and the the last thing he did during his life, the Yellow Shark, gets a little more discussion. But for the most part, it's just about the man's life and all of that. And it sent me on a big Zappa uh, binge this week, listening to stuff. I've heard every Zappa record, I believe, at least once. Uh, I'm actually planning on doing next year, maybe like one a week, really digging in and sort of doing a, a Zappa year thing because I love Frank Zappa. But I was thinking about it this week, and uh, my favorite frank zappa record and it's not even close is apostrophe um, this is my favorite era of zappa he still has um percussionist ruth underwood playing with him who is my absolute favorite zappa side person ruth underwood is an insanely great mallets player uh vibraphone marimba stuff like that this has jean-luc ponty and don sugarcane harris on violin uh, Napoleon Murphy Brock on saxophone, Ian Underwood on on sax also. Um, just some amazing stuff. There is uh, the song Apostrophe itself has Jack Bruce from Cream on uh, bass and Jim Gordon of Derek and the Dominoes uh, on drums. Jim Gordon, who would later kill his mother with a hammer, but that's a fucked up story for a different day. Um, it's just... It's it, to me, it, it is the best instrumental stuff Zappa ever did. I am never as big of a fan of Zappa's lyrics as I am his music. I know that a lot of his music is sort of known for its lyrics, uh, both like silly and sometimes uh, controversial lyrics. But that stuff, I have to be in the mood to laugh at that sort of stuff. I never have to be in a mood to just appreciate the man's melodic gifts and the way he constructed songs and all of that. So uh, the first side of this record is a um, a concept that's like a story about uh, someone called Nanook, which is the name of an es- uh, Inuit person in the famous movie Nanook of the North. But this is not really that story. It's like a fake story about people, uh, about this character. And it involves how he goes and he, he goes to a church and he has pancakes there and he meets a priest. And it's, it's a whole thing. It makes no sense, really. And again, the lyrics to me don't really matter. The amazing percussion in St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast is, I mean, just some of the best. Some of my favorite recorded music of all time. Um, The instrumental apostrophe is incredible. Uncle Remus is a great song that sort of deals with both like race and uh, class in a really interesting way for Zappa. I think he would not really return to that much. Um, But yeah. I don't know if anyone listening to this needs an introduction to Prank Zappa, but this is what I, if anyone's ever Zappa curious, I say, listen to this, try not to get too hung up on the lyrics about dog piss and just take in the music because it's awesome. Um, that's my pick, Apostrophe from 1972, sorry, 74 uh, by Frank Zappa. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. Um, who knows what the Mets are going to do next week? Uh, because we didn't expect them to do this this week. So it's going to be an interesting time to be a Mets fan. We're happy you're here with us. Thank you again for listening. Uh, Chris is on social media at Chris McShane. I am on social media at Brian Intonap. 
go to patreon.com slash applesauce to support this podcast directly. And until next time, let's go Mets.